Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to Cloud Wars Live. We're delighted you could make it here in uh, mid-November as we're moving into the holiday season and lots of things going on in the business world. The digital revolution continues apace and we are delighted to have one of our monthly digital all-star guests. Bonnie Tinder is the CEO of Raven Intel, which does peer review on software implementations and the partners company use for those implementations. Bonnie, welcome back. It's always a pleasure to see you. Likewise, likewise, Bob. This is one of my favorite things to do all month. So I'm so glad to be here again. Well, wonderful. Thank you, Bonnie. That's great. And you know, I see behind you, it seems to be a key message that you're hammering through on people. Simplify things. Mm -hmm. uh, and is that, uh, are, are folks listening, Bonnie? It's first a message to myself, uh, okay. and as a reminder, I'm continually looking at that. Um, but you know, every month I pick a, a, a word that I really want to rally around, and it really helps in every single meeting. Uh, it's a reminder that we all need to simplify. So yes, I yeah. guess so. <laughs> so, Bonnie, you know, one of the things that you know in that theme of simplifying. Um, I have had the, the privilege to be around the sort of enterprise tech business for quite a while. And one of the uh, truisms that has endured, and it was important then, I mean, some stuff just gets to be a cliche or it sounds uh, very intellectual, but it's, it doesn't really mean anything. But one of the things that really has endured over quite a long time, and perhaps it's even more important today than ever before, that people who do this sort of work that you and your colleagues at Raven Intel do of trying to help people understand transformation and projects and implementations. I've always heard that technology change isn't easy, but relative to people change and getting people to change how they operate, technology change is relatively easy. So I thought it was great that the focus of your talk today was a lot about people and teams. So Tell us what was on your mind and, and how that bubbled up for you. For sure. You know, I think these technology projects are ultimately about people. They're not about machines. And at their core, they depend on number one, people to, uh, you know, get them up and running and the projects up and running successfully. Um, but they also depend on the end user and the end uh, sort of result being adopted by, by people. So, you know, the essence of these technology projects and transformations is making life easier for people, not robots, just, you know, despite the, the fact that we're, you know, really focused around the tools and the technology itself. But at the end of the day, the people side of that equation is paramount. Yeah. Bonnie, can I tell you uh, one anecdote? It happens to be uh, around the uh, part of the country that you're in. I, I believe you're in a suburb of Chicago, but uh, mm -hmm. Raven Intel's based. I This is 10, 12, 15 years ago, but I was talking at an event with a guy. He was one of the technology leaders at the Chicago Board of Trade and a very, very uh, fun, engaging guy. But one of the things that he said was, you know, he said, people in IT don't always get the best reputations. So uh, he said, we have some applications. He said, they're not really that good. They often happen to break down. And he said, I could replace them, but I don't wanna do that because it gives my team a chance to go in and fix these problems. And then my people are seen as heroes. And <laughs> I don't, I, I hope I didn't register too much shock on my face, but I just thought, wow, that 
he's got in some ways the right idea. You want the, the, the people to be the heroes, but God, what a bizarre way to go about <laughs> trying to make it. And so to the point behind you there of simplify, he was trying to get good outcomes by making things more complex, you know, that's wildly right. more complex. There's his, gotta his be word, a better way. That's right. His word would be complicate. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's ensuring job security for him and Ooh. his team. So, <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah, so, so they've taken the long, long way around to it. But um, yeah. Bonnie, it was, it was great. I thought you came up with a, a wonderful idea here about um, for these big projects companies are doing. And I think what's so important today is right. Every company is going through these wild transformations not just technology transformations, but business model transformations, engagement, revenue models, and so forth like that. And your emphasis today about the, the power and the impact of people and how the projects are really about people, I thought it was great. You came up with an idea about how to put together a great dream team. So share with us, Bonnie, some of your thinking on that and what are the right components for a dream team? Yeah, definitely. Well, Bob, we've talked in the past about the importance of having the A-team um, to make sure a project is successful. And you know, when you're selling your uh, internal stakeholders and your CFO on the importance of a project and why it needs funding, um, you know, if they don't see that you've assembled a team behind you to make that successful, they're not gonna wanna invest in that project. So um, you know, I think what I wanted to do today was take it a click down to say, what is it that makes a team successful or what's going to set your team up for success um, throughout a project? And, um, you know, and, and I think there's a, a, several things to think about as you're thinking about the group that is going to be responsible for carrying out and delivering the results on a particular project. Um, you know, we say a team, um, you know, and, and really a project is a microcosm of, um, of a workforce. It, it takes, um, you know, the ability to work as a group together, but it, it puts sort of a box around, um, you know, a point in time that everybody needs to operate successfully. So, you know, chances are, if you manage your own, you know, function, um, and you're good at hiring, this is going to be, you know, sort of like, um, you know, part of your, your DNA. You're going to know how to do this effectively. But I want to talk a little bit about the nuances of how do you hire like a team, so to speak, internally um, for a particular project, because there's a couple more components than just having a good hire or hiring a good uh, group for a, a function. Bonnie, it's, uh, it, that's a Great point. So a couple of things. First, um, I wanted to ask you, uh, before you get into that, in a second, tell us a little bit about, you didn't learn about this through reading books, right? You have lived this, you've done it, you've been involved to it up to your you know, your elbows and, and beyond with this. So I'd just like you to give people a little bit of an idea of how many of these things have you lived through, right? So it's not theory, you have done this, and you know, you, you've battled your way through these things. And the other side is, uh, you know, when you talk about this dream team, it's, uh, it's a combination, as you say, of getting the right people in there and you've got to have the right leader on top, right? Because you get a dream team and on the notes that you had sent over, you've you know, got the picture of you know, uh, an NBA dream team and you've got these phenomenally talented and capable individuals, but you got to have a leader who is able to convince and cajole and 
demonstrate to everybody, we'll achieve a lot more working as a team than we will as individuals. So yeah. please find a little bit about, you know, how these, you've lived these things for 20 years, and then please jump into your ideas. Yeah. So that, that dream team uh, picture, if you can, in, in your mind, I'm from Chicago. Of course, I had to have the Chicago Bulls as my representation of, of the dream team. Um, and, you know, if you think about the, the person at the top, um, definitely, you know, you always think of Michael Jordan, but really and truly that was Phil Jackson that I would call the project leader. Um, and so I'll talk a little bit about how he assembled that team because, you know, his ball carrier, obviously, Michael Jordan, greatest basketball player that ever lived. Um, but he was one huge component of the team, really the one sort of um, setting the vision and things like that. Uh, you know, was, was Phil Jackson. He was in charge of the hiring and, and all of that sort of stuff. So we'll get to that in a second. To the point of, um, have I lived this before? Oh my goodness, all too well. I have been part of hundreds of projects myself. I started my career actually in implementation, leading these um, type of projects for a software vendor. And then throughout my career, um, really in, in different functions, I've been part of you know, SWAT teams and teams around initiatives, teams around implementing a new piece of software. So I will tell you from experience, I have seen um, projects where we were, we were implementing really poor technology, but had a super strong team end up great. And I have seen the inverse as well, where we were, you know, where, where the customer, where I, I personally was, um, you know, implementing a technology that was amazing and cost a lot of money and was known as like the gold standard and the project failed because of bad people. Wow. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. So, uh, so I've lived it, you know, I, I wish I could say that, um, you know, that, that I've done a ton of uh, external research and, you know, scholarly articles on this. This is really what I have learned in my career, as well as what I hear from our customers out on, on ravenintel.com, having them having lived through these things every single day. Oh, buddy, that's fantastic. So with that perspective, how do I put together a dream team? I, I think uh, number one, as you mentioned before, Bob, you need to have executive sponsorship at the very top. That's going to allow you to be able to you know, have the resources and sort of the the juice internally to get your the best people on the team. Um, you know, and if the project warrants it, you should have the ability to pull the best leaders from the organization to either be part of that core team or at least part of the um, you know, ambassador team or the larger group. Um, so I would say you need that executive sponsorship to help you, number one, assemble the team, but also make sure that that project's gets sold internally and gets the exposure that it deserves. So you can have a great team, you can have a great project, a weak leader um, that doesn't really help get the awareness uh, from leadership internally, that, that's not gonna fly. So A1A is you have, you have a strong executive sponsor who's willing to stick their neck out and make sure that you get what you need. I think number two, in terms of um, you know, assembling the group. You want people who have, who have managed projects or done this type of projects before, who've had some level of experience um, in that. So that, that really helps, um, that's a, definitely a strong 
um, you know, trait is somebody who has done a, a project before. Um, I think also somebody internally or the folks internally need to have internal, you know, credibility um, and excel at the function that they um, either operate in or uh, you know, manage themselves. Um, you know, that that definitely that definitely helps. I think um, your your resources also have to be able to work not only with internal team members, but external as well, because these projects are not going to be just run internally. They're always, you know, if they're large enough, they're going to have an outside component. So your software vendor is one and your, your, your consulting firm or your SI partner is another. And so the ability to manage yourselves internally, but also work with your SI, work with the software vendor, requires a little bit, you know, broader of a, um, you know, skill set than somebody that's used to just operating internally. So Bonnie, it, it's fascinating here as you, you're talking about put together the A team, and that sort of ties in with what our sponsor BMC is talking about with the A game. BMC wants you to know, is your business on its A game? That's when systems are intelligent by learning from markets, where automation is paramount yet effortless, and with when technology and people work as one in an enterprise. The A-game is your business at its absolute best. BMC calls this the autonomous digital enterprise. Find out more at bmc.com slash A-game. So Bonnie, I, I really liked you know, what you said here too. The scope of the talent within the team has to be one that can not just take care of stuff, you know, inwardly looking at the project, but how do you connect to, to the outside world and continue to evangelize, continue to ensure that everything is being in place to optimize, you know, the final outcome? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I think another component um, is, you know, the ability within the group to, um, to, to work as a team. I think, um, you know, it's just, it's, it's relational type of, of stuff. But when you think about a project team, it's really gonna be um, multifunctional. It's not just the group that's used to working together and probably has a good rapport. Um, you know, you're gonna bring, you know, let's say people from finance and human resources and um, IT together. And so, you know, the people that you have need to, number one, you know, hopefully like each other. Um, and if they, if they don't, you know, have um, sort of the emotional IQ to, to at least figure out how to work together effectively. Um, so, you know, you don't want any jerks on the team, I guess is, is what you would say. You want to, you want, even, even if those are the, the A players, you know, if they're going to disrupt that unity as a team, you don't need that. You don't need that friction. So, you know, people who internally have the ability to work well with others, I mean, that, that's a, that's sort of a given uh, that you want. And also who are culturally aligned, people who are progressive, who are open to change, who support the initiative of the project. Again, you can have a, a great resource, but if they don't believe in the project, they don't believe that it's an important um, enough initiative that they're going to you know, sort of uh, switch gears and, and put their heart into it. Also, you don't, you don't need that. So you need people who are cultural, culturally aligned 
and, and also committed to see the project succeed. Um, you know, I think along those same lines, you know, I mentioned progressively, you know, progressive thinkers, you also, you don't want people who are wedded to the past. Um, you, it's always helpful for, to, for people to have, you know, a, a history of what the, the past has looked like. So you don't want complete newbies to the organization. On the other hand, um, you don't want the folks who, you know, are going to be the ones that are always going to bring up, well, we always did it this way and the process needs to be that way. Um, you know, you want people who are willing to think outside the box and say, hey, there's a reason we're investing in a program like this. And it's not so that we could just, you know, take our old spaghetti and put it in a new, you know, container. And so it's people who are, are really willing to see a vision um, of change and, and of progress, not people who are wedded to the past. Annie, is that, uh, is that a hard sort of personality trait to find? You know, I think the longer that um, someone is in the organization, um, it, it can be, um, it can be harder, right? Because they are, you know, change is not easy. It's yeah. not easy. And that's all of what these projects are about. So it's almost like you want a balance of somebody who's going to come in, see a fresh approach and be excited about starting with a blank canvas. Um, and yet you want somebody who understands sort of why uh, the legacy process was in place the way it was. I mean, many times with these projects, it's not like you can throw, you know, all of your um, process out the window because there's a reason that process was in place. You have risk mitigation and, you know, and, and legal processes that, that you, you sort of need to ensure that you're caring for throughout. And so some of the, the folks who are aware of how things were done in the past can be that sort of project historian, if you will. Um, but the, the last thing the, that you want though is the project historian that's gonna try and, and really derail any progression and yeah. change. And you know, Bonnie, that, uh, <clears throat> that's something that ties in with um, a line that I understand it, but uh, it, it has lost to me a great deal of its context or relevance or value. And I think it can be quite harmful in these days, which is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And um, more and more today, right? It's things that can be working fine. So they're not broken, but they don't match up to where the world is headed. They, they don't give your company the best chance to engage meaningfully with customers. They don't give you the best chance to drive innovation faster than your competitors are. So, uh, you know, you're, there's a great description of the historian. We value that knowledge, that rich knowledge of the past that you bring along, but don't apply that as a you know, a filter or a, an obstacle or as a hump that everything has to go through that. And I, I think of that character from uh, Winnie the Pooh, you know, Eeyore. And it's like, oh, well, it won't work anyway. And, you know, just it always takes the, you know, if we just did it the way we always did, everything would be, why do we have to do something different? But that's the way the world is. And I think there's somewhere between two and two and a half billion people around uh, the planet now who are looking for things to change, you know, faster ways of doing stuff, new ways of engaging with the world, often through digital technology. And those two and a half billion people are having a massive ripple effect all the way up 
B2C, B2B, every sort of company in the world, we got to find new ways of doing stuff. So, um, you know, again, that, that balance that, that has to happen here, uh, Bonnie, really, really good insights. What, so who else is on our dream team? What else are you looking for? Well, you know, uh, I have to bring this up as a, as an organization that looks at consulting partners um, responsible for these type of projects. I, I want to spend a little bit of time talking about, um, about them. So sure. on your dream team, you want the external, uh, you know, best of the best as well. So the SI that you choose, or, um, you know, we call them SIs in, in this uh, world of, con in uh, software, you might know them as a uh, consulting company. Um, they're the ones who are going to lead your project from a, a technical perspective. Um, you want to choose the best fit of a resource um, to, to work with your team. That, they're going to be the extension of your internal team. And so you want a group that number one has done the type of project that you've done uh, and so you want to make sure that they have a track record of success and they have worked with the software, with the geographies, um, and with the scope and industry uh, that you are in. So as many of those sort of uh, previous references that you can find that are like you and your project, the better. Um, and certainly Raven Intel can help you there because uh, all we do is customer references around projects led by partners. So that's a big thing. I think, you know, the other thing as well is um, you need to make sure that during the partner selection process that you're meeting the team that is going to be actively managing your project. Because the worst thing that could happen is that you love your sales team, the, the group that, you know, they bring in um, they're going to bring in the A-team during your partner uh, selection in that sales process before you sign a contract. But then, you know, lo and behold, you sign the contract and all of a sudden the JV comes in, JV team comes in to manage the project. And that's not what you want. You want to make sure that you're getting the varsity team uh, during the sales process. And they're the same resources that are going to stick with you throughout the project. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Bonnie, I, know, I, I was thinking of this and something you said before, and at each point that you're making sort of reinforces this. Um, there's a, uh, I'm on the board of an IT services company and in their mission statement, it says very bluntly, very clearly, no jerks. Yeah. Right? And that, uh, that can just derail this, right? All the planning, all the technical knowledge, the historian, the deep tech people, the customer facing people, all that. Uh, it's just, it's so important. And the time frames today are so crunched to really get it right. So yeah, you're, you're, uh, you're, you're sharing a very, very potent and powerful recipe here, Bonnie. For sure. And, um, you know, I, I, I think that, um, you know, along the, the same vein, um, you know, in terms of, getting uh, your team really all aligned and, and assembled and, and all of those things, you know, your project is going to last uh, more than, than a month or two months or even six months. Many times these projects go on for a year, sometimes even longer than that if they're huge. Um, you want a team that is signed on for the duration of that project and sometimes contractually as well. Um, 
in, in a year's time, think of how many internal changes that you've seen on your team, or maybe that you've even had personally, right? People get promoted, people go to different companies, you know, people, uh, you know, have different interests and all of a sudden they lose uh, sort of momentum being on the team or they, you know, and things like that. You want um, to really be clear, depending on how your, how long your project is, about what the, um, you know, duration of time that people sort of need to sign on for. The same way as, you know, Michael Jordan signed on for a year or two-year contract. It's the same thing with your team. You don't want to hire a Michael Jordan, you know, to be your your point player, and then you know, lo and behold, he's going to get traded to, um, you know, somewhere else. Right. So, yeah. so you really want to have, um, something that, that people can commit to, um, you know, it's easy in a contractual standpoint with, with your SI, right. Cause you have a legal, um, piece of paper that says, Hey, you are committed to this, this project. And hopefully you do. Um, but like internally that's less, you know, that's less formalized. So is, is, how should I say, you can put incentives in place for people to stay throughout the duration of the project, um, or even sort of just something that shows, hey, people are well aware that this is a year's commitment, and they're not going to sort of just, you know, decide not to do it after a certain period of time. Or if they move to a different function, they're still on the hook to be in part of the project team. Yeah, so you know, there's, there's chemistry, there's all that, and there's got to be the consistency that you've described, right? Because on the one hand, internally, it doesn't do the project team any good to have, you know, key people flying in and out. But from the client's point of view, or the customer's point of view, they're, they've got to be, you know, at every stage of that one. And, you know, what the hell are you doing here? You know, we're starting to make progress. You promised me this. So um, yeah, Bonnie, good, good points. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, I think um, that, you know, just to, to sort of reiterate and, and um, you know, add to, to what you just mentioned there, again, these projects depend on people to make them go, make them successful. And, you know, all of the great software that you have, um, you know, selected is, is not going to implement itself. You really need the strength of, of people internally to get that project um, off the ground and to give it life. Um, Bonnie, one of the things I, I thought about, I wanted to mention to you, there's um, an executive who up until recently, he led the digital transformation business at one of the largest tech companies in the world. Um, he's left that company, but I, I talked to him several months ago and I was asking him about talent and you know who, what sort of talent is he trying to bring in? And he said over the last two or three years, with a lot of these digital transformation projects he said that he found um, a new source of talent coming in were people who were designers. And he said also uh, people that had, and he, he was, he's chuckling as he said this, an anthropology background. Hmm. Uh, he said, and he said, I think in both cases, it was folks who are able to step outside of their own immediate concern and see things from the outside in, you know, through the lens of the partner, through the lens of the customer and then assimilate those things into a, you know, a fairly broad canvas. So um, I, I just think, you know, you, you might uh, put together here, Bonnie, you know, a, a paper or something like that, you know, Tinder's rules of a team success. I like it. I like it. I, I think, um, 
you know, I, I think just this topic has, um, you know, an, an importance and there's, there's definitely both an art and a science to doing it and probably warrants, uh, you know, putting this down in on paper. So yeah, great thought. And Bonnie, any last words you'd have for, uh, for folks about this, you know, that they, you know, what's the, the sort of the one thing above all else that they got to do right to get that A team that's going to drive a phenomenally successful project. Mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, that executive sponsorship and mentorship is, is, is huge. If you, you know, if you can start from a firm foundation there um, and then, you know, get that person to also help you um, sort of, uh, you know, show them, hey, this is who I'm thinking about. Get their feedback on that team. That person, you know, has leadership internally. They're gonna have managed teams before themselves. And I think getting those that sort of outside wisdom is it would be really good. But starting that firm foundation from the, the very top, um, you know, I, I think is is probably you know your first priority. And then I think you know also leaning on your SI or your partner, you know, because they do this all the time. They know what good internal teams look like. Run your selection past them and sort of why you've selected who you've had get their input on it and and they always can can offer some good feedback as well because they, they see this all the time and they see projects that are good and projects that are not. Uh, Bonnie, your company Raven Intel, about how many partners have you evaluated or if somebody's looking for help from a partner, how many different uh, partner sources could they see on ravenintel.com? Yep, so we have 200 um, of the partners that we have rated out there. Um, uh, for six different of the uh, six major enterprise software packages from SAP, Oracle, ServiceNow, um, Ultimate Software, and, and several others that uh, Unit 4 that, that they can look at and see all the partners um, out there. We have 950 project reviews individually. So you can look at, um, you know, any number of the customer, uh, you know, project sentiment that has been provided uh, across all of those software packages as well. All right, and that's available at ravenintel.com. Bonnie, before you go, uh, we won't see you again until you know early, mid-December. And mm -hmm. at that point, you'll have an, a new word or thought or concept <laughs> for the month behind you. Are you willing to give out any hints on what direction you're going after Simplify? Um, you know, I, uh, I I guess we'll just have to to keep your viewers and audience hanging till next month to find out <laughs> <laughs> what the word for December is. That's right. All <laughs> right. You. Well, there's the hook, Bonnie. Thanks. It's always a pleasure having you. And thanks a lot for the great ideas about the A team. Likewise. Thanks so much, Bob. All right, folks. Thanks to all of you out there, the very fabulous Cloud Wars live audience. I uh, hope you've enjoyed this as well. We look forward to seeing you next time. If I don't see you over the next week or so, happy Thanksgiving to you and your families. Uh, be safe, have a lot of fun, and we'll see you soon.